Kiss me, fat boy. 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 Warning, the following podcast contains adult themes and adult language and may not be suitable for sensitive or younger listeners. It also contains things that are triggering for some individuals, specifically in this podcast, um, essay to a child and domestic violence. Also, um, so please proceed with caution. If you may be triggered by this, you might just want to skip this one. Also, this is a fan podcast. We are fans of the books. Um, we're not affiliated with Mr. King on any level or in any manner or any of the entities that launch his works on various platforms. And we are also um, doing lots of spoilers, so please uh, read the book and watch the movie of Dolores Claiborne for this podcast first before you listen to this podcast. Okay, Serena here today, and I have another special guest with me, and I'm about to introduce um, someone you may have seen on TikTok. Uh, We're going to go into that in just one second. Let me get them connected. Okay, so today Serena's here, like I said, with Alfie, and uh, he is on TikTok. I found him on TikTok. He's a book lover like me, and uh, he just loves doing different books, but I found him because he loves Stephen King books, and one day I found him talking about, what was the one I found you? I think it was The Rage. That's how I found you, so say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. So it's Alfie Reads. Yeah, I love Stephen King. Yeah. And other books as well. Oh, yes. And you can find him on TikTok. And he's great. And he just loves, he's a really busy person, yet he finds time to, time to read, which is great. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So do you want to tell anybody, anybody anything about yourself, or you just want to go and dive into the book? Uh, no, I think I'm ready to just jump straight into the book. All um, right. So, um, Kiss Me Fat Boy podcast, you know about our, what our name means, right? From that movie yeah. with Tim Curry. Okay. That's yeah. a family joke. But anyway, so today we're doing Dolores Claiborne and Dolores Claiborne, um, we're going to do, the, we don't have never done this before. So this is the first, we're going to do the book and the movie in one podcast. And I think that's a good fit for this one because it's very close. It's, there's some mm-hmm. variations, but it's not enough to do, in my opinion, two separate podcasts about would you agree with that? Yeah, and they were only years apart as well. I think the book was, what, 93, and the film was, like, late 90s. Like, but they're only a handful of years apart. Oh, yeah, like, the book was in 92. Ah, okay, 92. Yeah, clo- you're close. Um, <laughs> and then the movie came out in 95, so they were three years 95. apart. And that yeah. was kind of, like... One of, I think, you know, um, what in the movie, um, we're going to start with the book, but just like Kathy Bates, she really made the movie hers mm-hmm. and everything, and that was kind of one of her bigger roles, and that's kind of established her that, I think Fried Green Tomatoes might, may have come out first, but um, that was a really um, interesting, but let's start with the the book first. So the, um, I, I think as well, um, just like on the topic of Kathy Bates, I think I read that Stephen King based the character of Dolores on Kathy Bates because this was following, she just won the Oscar in 1990 for uh-huh. Misery. Okay. And oh, yeah. she's like she the only, yeah, she's the only Stephen King 
actor from like an adaptation to win an Academy Award. So I think he saw her, saw how brilliant she was and was like, I'm creating a character based on her personality somewhat. Well, that's odd because he made her physically in the book. She only weighed like 90, 100 pounds. She was a tiny, frail old lady. And Dolores, of course, not that anything against Kathy. I'm just saying, but Kathy, if he was basing it off her, I think that's odd that he based it off her and then he didn't capture her essence because Kathy Bates gives a big presence. Even if she was a tiny woman, I think she would give like a big presence in general. And mm-hmm. I, you know, so I mean, because I love her. She, she's been on a lot of the American Horror Stories. Yeah, she's love great. Those. She's great. But um, let's start with the book. So the book is mm-hmm. set in set in Maine, of course. And it's funny because she talks talks about people being from away, and mm-hmm. um, I didn't even know what that meant until recently. Like come from away. There's like a play. Have you heard of that? Come from away. The play. No. It's, it's a very, it's like this hit, but it's it's about people in Newfoundland, which is very close to Maine. So, um, so she, uh, that's what they call from people that are not local. Come from, they come from away, and uh, it's interesting to hear her use that that voice because um, I listen to my books. I find Stephen King hard to read. Um, I read other books, but I don't read his, so I listen. So the lady that was doing them, she did it like an old. She did a good job, but um, let's see. Okay, so the book the book itself was actually pretty successful. It was a shorter book for him. It was only three hundred and five pages, and mm-hmm. um, it was a different book. It wasn't. There was only like one little uh, kind of paranormal element, which was the reference to the girl. Yeah, and we'll get into that in just a second. But otherwise, it was just kind of like a straight up story. Now the movie was completely different in its organization of the plot line but um anyway it starts out uh if you've um do you want to do you want to like summarize the plot or you want me to do it well i think we need to acknowledge the fact that i think part of the reason this book is so short is because it and gerald's game were originally going to be one and the same it was going to be called in the path of the eclipse and then he decided hang on, these two stories are really interesting. Instead of them being parallel narratives in the same book, let's make two individual books. Yes, and that was the thing. And if you don't know that, see, I haven't read Gerald's Game yet, but and there's a part where she has that psychic connection twice with a young girl, and it pushes her to make her decision to um, kill Joe. And... It's just crazy because I was like, who is this girl? And now I'm going to read Gerald's Game as soon as I can. And I think in Gerald's Game, I, I haven't read it, but I've seen the film. Yeah. Um, it's not, there's no reference in the film, which is a shame. I guess it's because they were made like two decades apart. Yeah. But in Gerald's Game, the book, I think when she's tied to the bed, she can also see Dolores across yeah. the lake. Yeah. And so that, her, that character's named Jesse. Um, yeah. So that's the, I think it's, um, yeah, so that's her name. So we're not going to talk about that too much, but just wanted to say that was the only kind of like supernatural element plus, but basically the beginning of this, the, um, I feel like the movie is just a lot different. Like when I grew up, I saw the movie, I had a different idea about the movie and I almost feel like it was a little bit of a Mandela effect. I felt like I remembered the movie incorrectly 
And when I listened to the book, it went along with the movie better than the movie actually did <laughs> when I went back and watched it again. I think the movie does a better job of um, capturing the sort of island life community because they're living on, is it called Little Big Island? It's the same setting as um, Storm of the Century, which I've not watched, but that's like a mini series that King wrote the screenplay for. Yeah, he did that one straight. He didn't even write a book. So, yeah. So um, at this point, Dolores is, it starts out with Dolores giving her confession. She is just giving the confession. So the yeah. organization of the movie is different. Um, in the in the book, she is just sitting there. The whole narrative is her telling her confession to somebody named Andy. I guess he's the, con- there's a um, constable. And then there's also the stenographer, the a lady that's taking it down. And she's talking about Joe St. George, which is her husband. See, she goes back to Claiborne. Mm-hmm. Um after he's gone and then she's 65 and she's telling her uh basically telling her story and she's like i didn't kill vera but i mm-hmm. you know i did kill my my husband so she goes into the whole narrative of how why yeah. when and um she just goes through it and if, obviously i hope you've listened to the or read the book and watched the movie if you've listened to this podcast otherwise you're spoiling yourself but it's a very good book and it's um it's just different. It was an easy to get through, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Now, Vera is a... The thing about Vera, I do think in the movie, the Vera storyline was cheated. Because Vera's storyline was really? way better in the book. But Dolores' storyline with Selena was way better in the movie. Cause Selena, Yeah, Selena was there and everything, but she wasn't exactly as present in the, as she was in the movie. And... um I almost feel like I wonder if Stephen King decided to go and say, let's fix some of the things that didn't make sense in the narrative that I wish I could have gone back and done. Or if they just said this makes more sense on film, because it does seem like he he course corrected things, but it was all the same message. You know, I, I think it's a credit as well to the performances, because is it Jennifer Jason Lee? Is that yes. who plays the That's daughter? Selena, that yeah. scene where they're on the boat together. And, like, they're pulling away from, like, to or from the school. And she reveals, you know, that he's been at her. Like, it, it's done so brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is that in the um, in the book, she talks about her relationship with, with Joe. He got her pregnant when she was 17 or 18, so they had to get married. Mm-hmm. She was two months pregnant, so they got married. And uh, she had three children with him. So she had Joe Jr. Yeah. And I can't – what was the other kid's name? Do you remember? Uh, no, but they don't, they don't exist in the film, do they? They don't do exist they? in the film no, at all. It's, it's, just, just, Selena. it's just the daughter. But yeah, so that, anyway, there's, there's two boys and one of them's really sweet and, um, sensitive and the other one's starting to emulate, the youngest one is starting to emulate Joe. The dad. So yeah. she's at the end, there's more to consider than just his, uh, essay of his daughter. And in the book, she flat, flat out says, I noticed something was going on. She'd been working for Vera Donovan, and so there's one story about Vera, and there's this other story about her home life, which is what it is mm-hmm. for most people. They have we compartmentalize. So mm-hmm. she goes and talks about the Selena aspect, is that she notices that her daughter was such a good girl, always a good girl, and clean and tidy, and just very you know doing great in school. And then all of a sudden she's wearing baggy clothes, her hair's greasy, she's got pimples. Um. 
she doesn't want to, she's not mm-hmm. taking care of herself. And then she realizes and she confronts her and she says, what has he done to you? And in the movie, it's really more drawn out. So, mm-hmm. but, um, anyway, and, uh, Selena admits it in the, in, in the, uh, she admits it in the book. She doesn't fight it as much as she does in the movie. She just tells her. And uh, she says, and I hate to be graphic, but she just says, has he stuck it in your pussy yet? Or something like that. Mm. And, I remember, yeah. and I was like, well, I mean, I guess people might say it like then, in, back then. It just, it kind of struck me. But yeah, I guess that's fine. But, you know, so she finds out that he's going, hasn't done it yet, but he's going to do it. She knows it's a matter of time. And she also finds, so she goes to take the money out. She put like $3,000 back for yes. three kids' college funds from working for Vera. And she was working with Vera doing summertime only, but eventually it becomes a full-time job. But just stay on the point of the children. So she finds that he took the money, which is the same as the movie. And she wants to um, get the money back, but she cannot. But she does find out he fraudulently lied about the passbook, so she's able to coerce the banker into at least telling her how much he's spent or and everything and mm. that he's transferred it to another account. So she gets upset and breaks down about it one day with Vera. And Vera had already taken care of her situation. So let's stop yeah. and go back to Vera. Vera's mar- married to a millionaire. She was a very strict, hard-to-live-with lady. And, you know, what is it sometimes mm-hmm. being a bitch – how riding bitches all a woman has or something like that exactly yes sometimes being a high riding bitch is is all a woman has left yeah Yeah. so she's a quote it's a a quote and we need it on a shirt right but Mm -hmm. um anyway so she you know she's living tough you know she has to be that way and her husband of course is cheating on her but she has this guy they called the hunky in her um in the garage apartment next door and she keeps some her bodyguard or chauffeur yeah. with her. So mm-hmm. she's doing the same thing. But something about it pissed her off and she uh she cut the brake line and um it's revealed at the very end of the movie that her that her you know, chill, what happened with her children and it actually caught me off guard. But in the because mm. in the movie it's not even addressed at all, you know. But um I don't think she has kids in the movie. No, in the, she, no, she doesn't. But in the book, the kids were in the car at the time of the crash, so she inadvertently killed her kids as well. Yeah. Oh, I thought, no, I thought it was, like, later. So it was... Oh, was um, it? Yes. Yeah, so what it was was the kids, yes, um, the kids were in... That's what I thought at first. But then mm. I was like, wait a minute, that's not what happened. So what happened was that she did the brake lines. The kids were mad at her. They had a big fight. And almost a year to the day that her husband died, because the kids know she did it. They, um, they, the daughter blackmailed her with that, mm. and got her degree to get her convertible for her birthday, and said, "Oh, if I stay in Maine, I can get a younger driver's license." And so they ended up dying that way. And so the mm. hunky drove them to back to wherever they were staying. They were a little bit older or whatever, and he got in the car. They got in the car and drove off and got killed together, and they've been drinking and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, the daughter, um, Vera's daughter, had blackmailed her. So, yeah. Um, it's very interesting because it's just completely left out in the book. So I feel like Vera got cheated. 
But so she never even told Dolores. She made them. She acted like they were coming to the eclipse party. She acted like they were coming any day now, and she made mm-hmm. up fake lives for them. So when she'd be like, "How's my daughter doing? You, how's your daughter doing? Oh, she's a designer in Texas or something like that, designing dresses." And the son is something like a banker, investment guy, or something. He was something. So she just created these fake lives for them, but she just assumed. Um, Dolores always assumed they never came around because they knew the mom had killed them. But then she found out from the attorney at the very, very end. That's no thing. She in the book she got thirty million from Vera. In the movie she only mm-hmm. got like one point two million, which I don't know why they changed it. I'm not sure why they changed it. What do you think mm-hmm. they changed it for? I suppose it's a more realistic sum, like thirty million would have been. (laughs) Yeah, I think even one point two million in the nineties, that probably would have gone a lot further. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was weird, but anyway. So she goes through this, you know, thing where she has been hiding about her kids. But at this point, it had already happened. The hunky was living. She was living full time on Mm -hmm. on the. the island and she became one of the islanders which is a hard thing to do because Maine people i've been to maine they're not very welcoming and um i think we see that i think we see the the native sort of ostracized vera and so she's quite a a bitter person she gets quite twisted because of that yeah but she becomes really close with dolores and at the end she starts seeing these dust bunnies which is a manifestation and we always thought it was the guilt of her husband and so did mm. Dolores, but it's actually her children. It was the guilt of her children. And it's, it's probably it's probably my least favorite bit of the novel, The Dust Bunnies. Oh, really? Why? It, it just feels like Stephen King needed a reason to get her to throw herself down the stairs so yeah. that then the police could blame Dolores and say, like, well, you pushed her. Even though, no, she threw herself down because yeah. she thought she was being chased by the Dust Bunnies. Um, yeah. yeah. Have you read The Shining? I haven't. Okay, read The Shining and you might change your mind because that's kind of a common, that's something that reminds me of The Shining, the dust bunnies, even Mm. though there's nothing literally like that. It's very similar. And um, it's just a Stephen King device, and I think he's using it because it's basically the bad energy is probably manifesting itself to her. So she's probably seeing something that's there. Because in all the deeper you get in the Stephen King universe, you realize he's got all these thin places and beings that feed off people's pain. It's like they're, mm. you know, they're like energy vampires almost. So there probably could have been something that she saw, or it could have been guilt. But that said, that seems really that might have been a, a kind of a it could have been her mind, or it could have been something paranormal in his world. You never know. Just like with Cujo, yeah. with Cujo. There was this thing in the closet. Was mm-hmm. it the the uh, ghost of what's his name, that serial killer? Cause it From was the dead zone, yeah. yeah. Uh, or, Frank Dodd? Yeah, Frank, yeah. Or was it just the kid seeing his own death? Was he seeing Cujo? But then later on, something like Cujo appears in different books. So there's always mm. something. It's like you never know for sure. And that's the way life is. You never know for sure. People's minds could be consuming them. Um, if you believe in the supernatural, there there could be supernatural things, you know. But anyway, so Vera's there. She's got the dust bunnies. And, of course, like you said, she throws herself <laughs> down. Um, but that's after years and years. And so there's this yeah. parallel between because um, basically when Vera's still well and they're all still young, she Dolores breaks down and she tells 
her, you know, Joe stole this money and he's trying to have sex with his own daughter. And she's the one that looks so much like him, which makes it seem so gross and so narcissistic that he wants to have sex with somebody who looks like him. Um, but anyway, so uh, she just tells her and basically tells her, yeah, you just need to kill him. You know, do you want to kill him? Well, see, that's the thing, though. What I love so much about their conversation is that it's all equivocation. Like she, she never says like, oh, I killed my husband. She says like, you know, sometimes men die. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's so like wonderfully open ended because we as the reader like know exactly what she's saying. Oh yeah. But she doesn't but she doesn't say it in a way that would like incriminate herself. She's just oh, like, yeah. you know as some, a lawyer, sometimes she's the brakes in their job. cars go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I mean that's what she's saying. And because uh, even later she's like and she basically says, Dolores, you know, mm. why do you want to get him? And she's like, I wanna I wanna get him because I wanna make him I want to get him back. She's like, I'm mad at him. I want to kill him, not just for Selena, but I'm mad at him for taking the money and how he's changing the children. So she makes her decision. She basically gives her an alibi because she's working at the eclipse yeah. party and then she like dismisses her and it's like, you know, you, you can leave now. You've got a few hours. Yep, yep. To do it. <laughs> I know. And it was like, it was like kismet, kismet that the eclipse thing was going to happen because a year before the eclipse, she found the whale and started preparing, but she didn't know she yeah. could go through with it in the, in the movie. It's like the last minute she saw it that day and almost fell over it. And that was it. But she prepared mm. and she waited a year to get him because the eclipse was something they knew about for like a couple of years mm. coming down. And it was supposed to be so amazing and so awesome and all this stuff. And so, um, it's a good visual, I think, because, mm of the it's like a really good metaphor of like everything you know that like the stars come out and everything i don't know something about it just hit me right and um so it's smart as well the way she does it like it's it's a very cool lesson in like i guess psychology or like criminology the way that she like gets him drunk then she goads him to really get his blood up so that he'll chase her yeah and then when she sees the the hole, she leaps, but he, of course, doesn't know it's there, so he falls. Yeah. It's, it's very clever. It is clever, and so she does decide to go for it. Um, she does get him to get mad enough to go after her and chase her, like just like the same thing. She jumps over it, and he falls in, but he doesn't die instantly mm. in the book. In the movie, it's just like, wham, bam, okay, bye, you know, yeah. it's over. And Which is a shame because for me that's the scariest part of the it book. It was very. When, it was the greatest image yeah. of the book of his grin, how she threw the rock down at the end, but he had broken his veneers, and mm-hmm. um, he uh, had that dead man's grin, and he used that same imagery in a couple of his books. He used the dead man's grin in um, nineteen twenty-two. Have you read that one yet? No, is that one of the novellas in um, Full Dark No Stars? Yes, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Mm. Like, I didn't, it's very disturbing. It's good. It's good if you like disturbing stuff, mm-hmm. if you're not scared. But yeah, that grin, there's been several of these grins that he's done in his, his works. But yeah, so that grin was a great image because he spent like hours, almost a whole day trying to crawl out. And he almost made it up. If she hadn't come back and checked on him and threw that rock and knocked him down. Yeah. But um, one thing I thought was interesting is um, that well. It's only a 
It's only a 30-foot drop. Yeah. So he could, even though he's injured, he could absolutely climb out of it and, you know, like kill her in her sleep. So it's, yeah. it's very scary. Yeah, and that and so she barely makes it. She barely gets him out, you know, like gets rid of him. Um, but the thing is, is that um, I don't know if you've ever been around a well, but where I live, my... Um, my dad was born in 1950 and he didn't have running water until the sixties. So that, and then, um, even then they didn't. So like a lot of the people where I grew up was very rural. It's Appalachia. And I'm sure right. you've heard of Appalachia. Um, yeah. stuff. Okay. It's, um, it comes up in the girl who loved Tom Gordon because they're on the, they're on the trail when Trisha gets lost. Yes, yes, yes. So that's the idea of, we didn't have a lot of technology. So, um, there's still people nearby me and around me who still have well water. Um, right. slowly but surely they're pushing people to go ahead and join into the city system because it's more sanitary. You have to do a lot of things like they have to come out and test your well once a year and treat it. You have to treat it and stuff, but there's still people who do that. And, um, what you don't realize, and I don't know if he realized this or not, but my great, great grandfather was, um, if there was a problem with the well, he would go down there and, get down in the ground and and like if whatever was animal or something he'd go down there and fix it or whatever and even a, a shallow well like that is plenty enough but there's, mm. there's like gas down there i don't know if it's methane gas or but there's some kind of gas down there in these bottom of these wells which i don't know if that's a plot hole that he just didn't realize but i think 30 feet is enough to start having the gases come up because my my great great grandfather would go down and he'd be like, "Y'all listen for me and pull me up if I go slack, because the gases will like knock you out." So he would pass out and they had to pull him up, make sure he got his oxygen in time. Oh. So yeah, I know. So I don't think that's actually a realistic death. But of course, like it is supernatural, possibly. Yeah. That he was pushing himself and maybe, but there was a little bit of water in the bottom of the well, and they redug the well so they had a different water source. And that was an old mm-hmm. abandoned well, and the, the wood on it was rotten, and she had pulled it off a year ago and put a scarf on it so she knew where it was at. So she planned this very well. She very much got her revenge, and she was able mm-hmm. to get his money. And then in the end, she ended up getting Vera's money by accident. She didn't want it. But she did confess to the cops everything she did to Joe, and she said that, you know, she did it for her children, and Selena knew that she did it because she saw her hit him in the head with the creamer mm-hmm. after he hit her in the back with that um, piece of firewood. And that wood, to this, she said to the end of her life, she still had injuries from that. Yeah, the, um, the driftwood when yeah. he, like, smashes it on her lower back. Yeah, she still had injuries, and that's the way it is. I mean, this book really reminds me of, like, my roots because even though I'm from the South, um, there's so many stories that I've heard of like I'm not trying to disparage my family but I had my great-grandmother was like really close to me and um her she had injuries from her husband kicking a chair out from Mm -hmm. underneath her to the day she died um that she had and they said if she fell again she could be paralyzed even if she just tripped and hit a certain way so domestic violence doesn't just Mm-hmm. Like it's people don't understand domestic violence, how serious it is. Um, yeah, it's a secret. It's a it's a secret, and people don't want to talk about it. But it was very commonplace in the days of Dolores Claiborne for those things to happen. It wasn't accepted, but people, everybody had knew knew that guy that beat his wife, 
and they just didn't want to get involved. So everyone thought that, oh, he beat her, but it wasn't enough for her to kill him. See, that's how commonplace domestic violence was. Remember, she said, no one would think I killed him because of him beating me, because everybody knew he beat me. And I think it shows King's versatility as well and his like ability to change because it was the first time in, I think, his whole career that he'd ever really spotlighted the female experience because a lot of his books in the 80s, they have women characters, but they're often like either peripheral or they're objectified. Yeah. Like this was actually, you know, not to say that men don't also suffer from domestic violence. But oh, yeah, they can, yes. But, but this was like a, a very sort of female centric, you know, this is the female side of horror. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because everybody, a lot of females on TikTok will say he does women bad. And I think he does women just fine. I don't mm. know what people are talking about. I mean, I, they have the right to their opinion. I'm not saying they don't, but I don't see that. I've read, I've read like almost. I probably read like 60, more than 60 of his works, maybe 70 or 80. Oh, wow. If you count the novellas. So, I think I've done about 20. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to catch up with me, baby. <laughs> we, can come, we can meet on, on do more and more podcasts. But um, that's why I have a hard time finding people that's read enough for me, you know. Nope. But um, you there? Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, going back to the story, so... Um, but I feel like I said, I, so I think that this is fine and I don't have a problem with Stephen King's version of the female. It's not, and plus his wife, Tabitha would always check him on it. I, mm. I believe as one of his first, um, beta I leaders. think it's just reflecting the way that the world mistreats women. And I think yeah. because that's often in a very raw and unapologetic delivery, some readers take that to mean like, Oh, Stephen King is sexist, but he's, he's not, he's just no. showing like, the very real inequalities that women go through. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, we all know somebody that knows somebody and I grew up hearing stories Hmm. about things, you know? So, but anyway, um, but yeah, so she, you know, she plans it out. He, he falls. It takes him like a day to, uh, I don't know how many hours he was down there, but it was over the night. Like you said, and she, he almost got, she threw the rock down and he finally died. Um, do you remember if he died from the rock or did he just eventually die from his injuries? They said he choked on his. Yeah. Well, afterwards the the doctor, because there's like a doctor that's very suspicious of Dolores more than anyone else. And the the doctor says that, um, he must've been like screaming for help for hours and hours, um, from this bottom of this well. And Dolores is kind of like, yeah, well there was a party because of the eclipse. Nobody would have heard him. Um, so I think that, probably made it worse like the exertion of having to because he had punctured lungs as well i think so yeah he drowned on, i think he drowned on his blood eventually yeah um, which i think his i think in a way it was like a poetic justice in terms mm-hmm. i don't i'm not saying he deserved this or anything because he's not a real person but i'm just saying i think it was king's way of giving poetic justice like this this monster is going to get a slower death than just an instant fall and in the mm-hmm. book, in the movie, he just falls and dies. But um, something I've noticed as well. So his name is Joe. Yeah, Joe Saint George. Yeah. There's also Joe Paulson in the Tommy Knockers, who's also like he cheats on his wife and is really horrible to her. Yeah. And there's also Joe Cambers in Cujo, who uh-huh. also is very horrible to his wife. Yeah. So I don't know what uh, 
King has with the name Joe and why they're all terrible husbands because he also has a son called Joe. Yeah. Um, it's funny. He uses the same names over and over again to the point where you have to make sure he's not using the, yeah. using the same people. You have to, like, check it. Especially when you get into the Tower series and you see people, like, mm. with the same names, you think, oh, they're in their afterlife. You know, like, there was a Stanley, and I really wanted it to be Stanley from it, but it wasn't. And I was like, because, you know, because the Tower's is his own thing. But anyway, mm. um yeah, so he suffers and he's gone. And then, like you said, there was a doctor that gave a hard time. There was also some guy. Was it the doctor that had the Scottish? That was supposed to be Scottish, maybe? Uh, I don't remember. See, I think there was somebody. But anyway, there was um, there was somebody who was giving a really hard time. It might have just been the doctor. But they took that mm. person and translated it to, in the movie, as that guy who would not let go with that pseudo-weird, almost Scottish-American yeah. accent. <laughs> Which I don't know what that accent is, because I'm sure mm. you can hear it and think this is the worst accent I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I hear British people doing American accents, and I can hear their British bleeding through. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you're like, this is horrible. <laughs> I mean, that film though has some a really great cast. I mean, because even when you look past like the two main like mother daughter combination, you also like there's a lot of charismatic yeah. actors like even the bad guys or like the the, the authorities who yeah. don't really believe Dolores they're still entertaining yeah they are but they I feel like they put that character of the doctor into that inspector because that wasn't in the book there was someone who didn't agree with her it felt tacked on yeah yeah and so um it was you know I enjoyed seeing, like you said, seeing the island life was better in the in the book. I mean, in the movie. In the book, um, the story of Vera finding out that her kids have been dead this whole time, um, that Dolores loved her and everything. And, of course, you know, it just kind of ends abruptly. She gives her confession. She's drinking some, like, whiskey a little bit during the confession. She, um, The whole thing is her giving her um, oral confession that's being taken down, which... Yeah. Um, as an attorney, they would do that, so um, that that's fine. Usually, they make you write it out and sign it, but they, for someone like her, they would take it down probably and have her sign it. I think on paper, this book shouldn't work because yeah. it's like a single, uninterrupted stream of consciousness. There's yeah. no chapters. The, the, the structure physically is, is non-existent. It's kind of like um, Cujo in that sense because yeah. Cujo is also just like one long, yeah, like. It just doesn't end. Um, and I think it kind of collapses under that at the end because you're not allowed to talk about anything else that Dolores hasn't herself experienced or known yeah. about. Yeah, so it doesn't true. end in the most, you know, gratifying way. Yeah, it does just kind of abruptly stopped. And then there's a, there's some articles at the end that says she's been cleared. She did do- donate mm. $30 million to a children's hospital for wandering children or something like that or some yeah. kind of basically orphans she gave her money to 30 million to, anonymously to orphans um she didn't have a kind of relationship with her daughter her daughter wasn't involved she didn't show up um for she, to save the day like she did in the movie she just mentioned her and her other kids i think one of her one of her kids got killed in vietnam and is that right yeah and then I the, think so. And then the other one was doing something. And then her daughter Selena never got married, never had kids. 
Um, never, and she was an alcoholic too. She slurred mm. words. And the minute she saw going back, did to she her, become sorry? Did she become like a journalist or something? Yeah, she was a journalist, yeah. just like in the in the movie. And um, in the uh, in the book, there's that moment I alluded to earlier. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to stay on track, but it's, this book is all over the place. Like the stream of consciousness, yeah. as a literary device, rarely works. He made it work, but it's also hard to explain to a third party. So mm-hmm. here we go. we're trying, but um, when it she bounces hit, the yeah, when he hit her with the Kramer, when she hit him with the Kramer, Selena only saw the Kramer. She didn't see the driftwood, so she thought that something was going on. And then when she confronted Joe about Selena. He promised to leave her alone, and they had that agreement, and that was discussed. Um, mm. It was different than the in the than it was in the in the movie. She confronts him at the end. Yeah. But in the in the book, she confronts him, and he leaves her alone. But she doesn't know how long that's going to last. And also, she. Um, I don't love the confrontation. To be yeah. honest, we'll talk about it. I just think. Um, well, I just think it's a bit cartoonish like i don't know realistically if a lot of abuse victims would act that way like she flies so quickly into retaliation like when she's got the glass cream picture and she like slams it over the half of his ear and it goes all bloody yeah i get i think what he was trying to show is that she'd been like pushed to the end and she just snapped yeah but i don't know if that was handled in the most authentic way well, as a criminal defense attorney, I will say that most of the time hit, and then they hit, and then they hit, and they hit. Mm. I had this one lady got arrested for throwing an acorn at her husband. Yeah, acorn? An acorn. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just saying, like, people just, they, that is actually how it goes. She, They get hit, and they will either hit right away or get them off guard. I, I know mm. so, so that is a little from my personal experience dealing with people who get a, that kind of stuff. They do do that. Be, hers was a little bit more calculated and like she responded because she's not an abusive person. She responded. She wasn't toxic. He was. I mean, mm. she she was in a toxic relationship and she had some accountability for it. But like some people are just both abusive and both fighting all the time. This was her first time ever fighting back. And he had never mm. hit her like that. Like that, you know, she's like, don't ever do that again. I'm stuck. You know, we're, of course, in the movie, the boneyard thing was amazing, but I don't think that was in the book. She didn't say that, did she, in the book about the boneyard? That's like my favorite line from the movie. One of us is going to the boneyard. I don't think she said that in the book. I'm almost 100% sure she didn't say that because that's like my favorite line because I feel like sometimes I want to say that to people, (laughs) you know, because it's just (laughs) such a good, powerful line like, one of us is going to the boneyard. I don't feel that way, but anyway, she's a good one. <laughs> but um, anyway, when Selena saw that, she only saw Dolores' half, and she never let that go. And they kind of showed that in the movie as well. But that, but when she knew that her dad was missing, she looked back at her and said, "You know, kind of what'd you do?" Same thing in the book. She, the minute mm. he went missing, she knew it. She knew it was because of her. And so she said at that moment, her daughter never loved her again. She had to trade her own happiness for her daughter's safety and happiness. Mm-hmm. Even though her daughter didn't end up happy, she was safe. Because at least her father didn't do more than he did. She stopped it in its tracks. She saved her youngest son from becoming a monster. Um, the middle son, she saved from abuse as well. So, you know. You really see the change in her when she realizes that 
it's not just Joe, it's society as well that have sort of turned its back on her. Like when she goes to the bank and realizes that legally there's no way that Joe really should have been able to like completely take whatever he wanted from the savings account but they didn't yeah. question him because he was the man in the relationship right. so no she's like it's because i'm a woman you would have never done that that's right and that's and that's true um because what they did was probably illegal like she said and she called them out on it but it didn't get her money back they couldn't no. do the same thing to her they didn't transfer it back to her anything so you're right she was a nobody because she, she lived on the island they didn't get a lot of cash they traded they bartered for most of their things so they were truly poor. She was like mm-hmm. living almost like, even though she's supposed to be living in the 60s or whatever. Or was it the 60s? So it was. Yeah, yeah. Lips was 63. Okay, so she was like, but it was almost like it was like in the 30s because they, yeah. just, they just didn't have the society. They might have had some technology, but they didn't have the society. Mm-hmm. And I've been on one of those ferries from, we were staying in. What was it called? Millbridge. I think Millbridge, Maine, which was about 30 minutes away from Stephen King was living at the time when I went to visit. Mm-hmm. And we're staying on a house on the ocean. And we got on a barge and we rode it with our, we had a, like a car and it was a van and we rode it across the barge and it stunk so bad. Like mm-hmm. the most rotten. It smelled like somebody took a lobster and let it rot and then. Also, on top of that, to find another one to make it extra stinky. I couldn't even get out of the car. I sat inside the vehicle, and I held, like, um, hand sanitizer up against my nose because I was trying not to gag. It was so strong. So those, so in the, so when I see the scenes now, I'm like, man, I can smell that scene because, you know, when they're riding the thing, it's like they don't smell it like we do if you're not used to mm-hmm. it, you know. But it was so gross. I remember uh, it was just too much because um, – yeah, but anyway, so yeah, I've been there, and I can just feel that movie because that coldness it gets inside your bones. So if you had arthritis, I'm sure it would be way worse. It just is damp yeah. and cold year round. I, I love all of the talk about your uh, the hands, like when Kathy Bates is like showing her hands, and you see like how callous yeah. they are from a lifetime of work. I know it's like who did they have bring in their hands for that scene? Was it like <laughs> was it like one of the the people on like? The working for them or did they just like cause, maybe the makeup team went a little crazy they're like make these know. hands look really weathered i know because yeah it was, it was funny because at the end they're like well some rough hands and i was like whose hands are those i just thought it was so <laughs> funny but um yeah so like in the you know i feel like between the two you know there's more resolution in the movie like you said it just stops in the book and then we find what's out what's interesting that she was, is that in the book they seem to treat, like, at the end, there's resolution in the sense that, oh, you know, we've got rid of Joe, um, the kids are somewhat safe, you've got the money from Vera, like, you know, yeah. things seem better than they were. But in the film, the present day, the, the way that they change, like, the colour saturation and the lighting, like, the modern age is already cold and sad-looking. And then yeah. when they go back to the 60s, everything's, like rose-tinted and golden like yeah. the cinematography was really cool the way they showed the transitions between yeah. the, the two times and it stays misty and foggy there all the time yeah. so i noticed that the the present day was the foggy main that i know and then like you said the past was like this warm clear day main that does exist but there's fog every day kind of like in london where it rains every day 
even if yeah, it's a drizzle, I, it's just I, like that in Maine. Even in Glasgow, I just came in from the rain. <laughs> yeah. It's like it doesn't rain all day every day, and it's not heavy, but there will be a drizzle. And same thing in mm. Maine, it's like that. There will be clouds and fog, and then it'll lift, just like in, in it does in London. And like where you're at, I'm sure it's probably even more rainy where you're at than there. Oh yeah, Scotland. The rain in Scotland is so much worse than England. Like it's, it's very intense. Oh, I bet, I bet. But um, yeah. So in the end of the book, it's like she's been cleared of all charges, and she somebody donated this money, and that's the end. And then I think Selena won some kind of prize, and mm. some kind of like local girl wins like a Pulitzer Prize or something like that. I don't remember what it was. And then in the in the movie. Selena's actually interacting and doing stuff still, but she um, does have a resolution where she has the flashback. And I wasn't sure about the whole walking into the flashback and watching it. It worked, but to me, just barely. Do you know how they would walk and be like, kind of like yeah. having like a psych- psychosis, hallucinating? And they'd be it's like, hard because it's almost like you're having to make two movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. I prefer this than to some movies where they'll have like a whole chunk of it be in the past and then it flash forward. Like I, I, I do prefer this. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard because in some points it seems like they're like, who are you talking to? I'm right here. Mm. Selena, come back. I'm right here. Or get in the house, Selena. I'm right. I'm already in the house. You know, it's just like, okay, it's almost too much, but I, it's like kind of like a move. Uh, doing a dream in a book it's almost impossible to write a dream sequence in a book to make it, it make sense. it doesn't help that kathy bates was completely ageless like they didn't try at all to yeah, make her look any different her... between then and now she does look the same i know there's like oh they just put a wig on her and then they took the wig off or they put a different wig on her that was basically because what it was vera vera donovan very different old <laughs> cranky vera night and day it was crazy because she was like almost cute and then all of a sudden she looks like the Crypt Keeper in the very end, which <laughs> it makes sense. But they didn't, like you said, they didn't. They didn't. I wonder if Kathy was like, in my contract it says no aging. You yeah, put, you're not allowed. Yeah, not allowed to make me look old. And uh, Meanwhile, Vera is just like, I want my China pig. <laughs> I know, which wasn't even in the, <laughs> that wasn't in the book. What did they come up with this stupid China well, pig? Well, get off your royal duck and go get it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of it was kind of crazy. You know, I wonder how much, like, the director's mom loved her China pig, so he decided to give her a nod by putting mm. it in there. That kind of stuff happens probably all the time. But, yeah, that was random. It was like, China pig, okay. Okay. But, yeah, so, the book, you know, in the end, the big reveal of the movie is that Selena finally remembers that her father had her give her, force a hand job. But mm. she, never, she never says in the book what he did. She just says he hadn't gone all the he hadn't had intercourse with her yet, but in the the hand job, I just I almost feel like I understand. But as a seeing that as a young person that came out in '95, I was 15, so I saw that when I was a teenager. That traumatized me, and I didn't like mm-hmm. it, and I still don't like it. I actually bothers me more as an adult, and I've never liked that actor because everything he's ever done, I just see him as Joe. Right. In other movies, he really like got. That hurt his career in my eyes. Kathy Bates, fine. Mm. Everybody else, fine. But, yeah, I just never got over it. I thought it was horrible. I'm not, And so I just never could handle it. As a, even as a young person, it bothered me. So I feel like it didn't have to be there. What do you think? Do you think they had to have that severity to prove that he was a monster? Um, 
I go back and forth. Um, sometimes I think, yes, it does need to be that graphic, but then I also think the scene was already quite intense, so maybe it could have done without those details. Yeah. Um, either way, I think the range on Kathy Bates is phenomenal. Like, you put Dolores Claver next to Annie Wilkes, like, yeah. night and day. Yeah, I haven't seen Misery yet. I um, Really? I'm saving it for reading the book, but then you said it was very intense, and I'm not sure I'm ready for it. She, she just perfectly captures, like, mental illness. Like, she has that, like characterization where she never blinks and her eyes are constantly vacant and it's very scary oh really huh is that a thing where they never blink is that a real thing i don't i mean mental illness has quite a a broad spectrum of of presentations but i think that particular she has like a very extreme form of psychosis yeah and the thing that's amazing about the book, I mean, we're, we're sort of going into this review now, but it's the way that she's able to just flip, like, bats. Like, yeah. some days she's, like, the nicest woman, like, bringing him, like, food and drink and changing yeah. his sheets. And then other days, there's there's one scene that I won't spoil, but it's, it's just so, like... Yeah. It's probably the only Stephen King book where I'm reading it and there's, like, a never-ending palpable like, sense of dread. Like, oh, no, man. get out of there. Get out of there. That's, see, I just don't know because, you know, I've had several clients who were, um, had, like, mm. a string of clients. One year, I swear, I had two at the same time who were um, schizophrenic. And I had a, mm. I've had a couple that were committed and everything, and I've gotten them help as much as you can, but they didn't present like that. So that's why I'm asking. And they presented the same. They were different, but they all had the same. They presented actually had the same, almost identical crimes, um, where they stabbed somebody in the head with a non, not mm. a knife, something else, something just grabbed, you know. So anyway, um, but Kathy Bates is on record, I think, of saying that Dolores Claiborne was her favorite role. Oh really? Yeah. My favorite Kathy Bates moment was Waterboy. <laughs> Waterboy. Have you seen that movie? I have a- It's hilarious. And she was very good in, um, she was very good in American Horror Story. And the one about, yeah. Sa- was it not Salem? What was it? Um, Freak Show? Was it Roanoke? Roanoke. Roanoke oh, was yeah. too far. Like, that version of her was too far. Like, that was the one that, that one in the, um, the witches one was pretty bad. But her version of her in that was too much for me. Oh, and I like her in, um, is it Apocalypse, where she's like an android and she explodes? <laughs> yeah, she, I, think it's I forgot about that. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen every episode. I'm completely caught up. I love I love that show. Anyway. Yeah, she's she's like Michael Landon's assistant, and then she explodes, and there's all this white gunk. Yeah, It's kind right. of like um, the androids in Alien. It's, it's like that. That's very funny. Okay, well, um... I guess my overall, I think between the two, I'm glad I read the book. It was an easy read for me. Um, I think I prefer the book over the movie, probably mostly because of the ick factor at the end of the showing the essay instead of, plus I like the character development of Vera. That surprise ending was really good. Mm. So what is your opinion between the two? 
I also prefer the book. I think in his like greater body of work, it's probably one of his like most underrated gems. Like it's probably up there with like Duma Key and um, The Long Walk. It's one of those that if you ask people in the public to like randomly name a Stephen King book, they're probably never going to say this one, and that's a shame because. I do think it's like an upper echelon. Like I'd probably say like A tier Stephen King book, to be honest. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I just read it. It was good. I haven't read the other sort of domestic abuse pink ones. Like I haven't read Gerald's Game. I haven't read um, Rose Madder. But from what I've heard, I think this is the most successful of the three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's... There's a lot of things he couldn't do now, you know, so um, people don't want to, there's like, literally they'll say, no, like if you're, I'm a writer, Are you, do you like to write or you just like to read? Not yet. Okay. Well, like if you ever go onto like agency submission pages, they'll give out a list of like, no, no rape, no um, mm. child abuse, no murder, no serial killer. Like they'll just give a list. We're not taking these mm. things. And, of course, he's established and everything, but I think the world was more open back in the day, even before he got established, to allow mm-hmm. these type of, of stories to go on. Um, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I just think the world's changing. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just making a comment on that it's happening. I think it's mm-hmm. better. I think we need to understand things that happened in the past. We don't need to put ourselves in these bubbles that we don't even know certain things exist. Um, because they do exist outside of our little bubbles, and you need to be aware because you could become a victim of mm-hmm. somebody if you do not realize that people do certain things to people. Um, but at the same time, I feel like we're evolving past that as a human race, um, predominantly, at least in, where I'm in my personal experience. I can't speak for the whole world, but I think that eventually we will go past it. Like I'd like to believe the world will be like kind of like Star Trek where we get like, you know, more and more technology mm-hmm. and better, you know, people just evolve past that stuff. <laughs> That's my hope. But anyway, but yeah, he, um, definitely the domestic violence trope or whatever is not going to work. Um, mm-hmm. because even just a few years ago, they would make these sh- things about it and people just, it's hard to explain, but it's just hard to get people into it. Unless it's some kind of weird, comic book well-established thing that they can establish like some kind of vigilante they want to see men take things in their own hands but not women i think people are more critical these days as well about men writing women but also people writing about experiences that aren't lived in like to my knowledge i don't think stephen king has ever been a victim of abuse and so to some it almost feels like a form of appropriation for him yeah, to take these right. other people's stories and make yeah. them his own. That's true. But then you can also say, you know, for someone like me who has never had certain things happen to them and I wanted to like to write something to maybe somebody was like wanting to share their experience with me and I want to let people know about it. It's like, it's hard. You want to, as a writer, you're mm. just watching everybody and the person that happens to, I'm not saying that you just literally steal their story and make it a movie. I'm just saying you get inspired by things and you want to give uh, people motivations in your books. So it's hard. It's hard to kind of know what to do and what not to do. You definitely don't want to appropriate someone's experience if it's so um, offensive for you to do so. 
but there's other times that if it's done right, I think, and I don't, I don't mean anything particular. I'm just saying in general, there's mm-hmm. things you can still do. Like, obviously I couldn't write a book about what it's like to be a black person living in the South in 1999. Cause I'm not black and you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not appropriate, yeah. but other things are appropriate. I think like the human experience, things like being victims to certain crimes. I think that's okay. Yeah. As long as they are doing it in a spirit of education and everything, I think it's okay um, to have people rise above it or be the I, I do as well. Yeah. I think King clearly, he might know someone in his personal life who has gone through something similar and yeah. probably identified with that, at least, in like the, the feelings of, of feeling like powerless or, or being oppressed. Yeah, and like to me, it hit. It hit to me. It reminded me of my the the women of my family, the great mm. my great grandmother, and the stories that happened to them about being beat and having to survive and be the one who works while their husband is at home, drunk mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think he worked, but he didn't work like he should have. I think at the end, he just became a rambling drunk. They didn't do anything, but I'm not 100% sure if that was in the book or just the movie. In the end, in the book, he just stayed at home for sure. She wanted him Mm -hmm. to sell things, and he was like, oh, I'm going to keep it, blah, 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 you know. But anyway, well, this has really been great meeting with you. I'm going to stop the podcast here, um, and we'll talk for a second. So, yeah, we did talk, and it was great. I hope to have Alfie back on my podcast soon. This is really great. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to announce that I finally got my uh, crapola together and I'm starting to do my other podcast which is called No One Wants to Read My Book. This will be me reading basically one of my unpublished or self-published books. So check it out and see why no one wants to read my books. Okay? Thanks. Bye.